What's up, everybody? Welcome back to RPG A Day. Each day of the month of August, I'll be putting out a shorter episode based on an RPG-related word chosen by someone who I do not know. Strap in. It's going to be a long road. A couple calls from Jason and Carl with some book recommendations, some TV show recommendations. Carl asked a question about what would be a good supplement for what he's looking for. And then, yeah, I talk about two supplements, two RPG supplements that I really, really enjoy. So let's get into these calls. Jason, you're up. Hey, Joe. While I very much appreciate Jules's message and her small lesson there, and, and I do recommend people go listen to Jules from Embed so they can get more. What we really want is Jules to call in and tell us the swear words. If she didn't swear at us, that's, you know, nice, but it's not giving us what we need. Because ultimately, when you learn another language, the first thing you really want to learn are the swear words. And hopefully you can understand me. I'm wearing a mask at an airport waiting to go to sunny Texas to hook up with Carl or with Geomologist Presents and play, uh, hopefully, play some games. So, talk to you later. When he's right, he's right. The swear words are fun to learn. What are the dirty words in Maori? Yeah, I, I, I learned the some swears in Spanish pretty early on in my studies. Because I, I also find it interesting to learn about like what types of words and phrases other cultures use as swear words. Because it's not universal. Uh, you know, different different communities and cultures have different words they use as swears and i just i think that shit is great so yeah what are the swears in maori jason tell me more about books though you got books to tell me about hey joe agree with you we should play more beer and pretzels games because they're fun the author of gideon the ninth is tamson muir T-A-M-S-Y-N-M-U-I-R. I know because you recommended the book to me and I appreciate that. The other young adult author I would recommend to folks is Robert Heinlein, especially Starship Troopers. Surely you've read that, Joe. The book is much different by the movie, from the movie, by the way. But if you talk about it and Arlen hears, he might give you a long phone call about it or a long series of phone calls about it. Anyhow, I will talk to you later. I do love me some Heinlein, man. I have absolutely read Starship Troopers and seen the movie. I enjoyed both versions of that material. I, I, I saw the movie first and fell in love with the movie right away because I was like, yes, yeah, this is everything I need in a movie. And then I love the book, too. So, yeah, thanks. I, I, yeah, I, I never... I guess Starship Troopers is YA. I mean, it was YA before YA was really a term, I feel like, young adults. So thanks, Jason. I appreciate that. And I wonder if I will get a really long bunch of calls from Marlin. You never know. You never do know. But I, I, I love hearing masked up Jason. It's nice. I like that you're being safe in the airports. You never know. So thank you for being safe. I hope things are going well on your sweet business trip. 
And yeah, man, I appreciate your calls. Thank you very much. All right, let's hear uh, from Carl. Carl's got some stuff to say about some TV shows and some books and whatnot. Carl! Save us from myself. Okay, Joe, I have another interesting series for you that is set in a dystopian world. And this is a show that, unfortunately, I feel like it sucked that it only had one season. It's called Incorporated. And the premise was that it takes place in dystopian Milwaukee in far in the future, 2074. Countries have gone bankrupt due to crisis and climate change. And basically there is green zones where the corporations rule and they're de facto governments and red zones where there's no governance or that is weak and non-existent. And the main character is a guy named Ben Larson, who's a manager at a big biotech company. But in reality, he is a climate refugee from the red zone and he has a mission. He's trying to find someone and save them. Um, and he's going to use his power and his machinations in the corporate world to do so. So it ended in a unfortunate cliffhanger the first season. And the cliffhanger was that he had been found out and was trying to escape into the red zone. But uh, we won't know how that will what will be the fate of this Ben Larson, the guy who came from nowhere to the to reach heights in the green zone, though he was a refugee in disguise. So, so I was thought about okay, so what kind of game system am I gonna? I collect post-apocalyptic game systems, but all of them are very much like Mad Max or Shadowrun, Cyberpunk, and I don't know how far like a world set in incorporated or in you know baglio pucci's i can't remember how to pronounce his name his his world would be i thought i thought like there is a product for savage worlds of all things also fate called interface zero and that might work they have fema camps so uh we'll see i don't know i gotta figure it out and not that shadow run in cyberpunk are bad systems they're just kind of too fanciful and maybe diesel punky or cybernetic-y for me you know i want something more grounded in reality less less chrome i guess less augmentation um we had found a pretty interesting one although i think it's still a bit it's more like altered carbon where it's uh, i think it was uh, what was it called carbon 2185 but it's also a little futuristic and fanciful, more sci-fi to me than, than near future dystopia, which is what I would like. Kind of like the world in a way in, in Ready Player One, right? Uh, that would also seems to have that kind of idea that I might have in mind, near future dystopia. Yo, Carl, what up, dude? Thanks for the messages, man. Uh, that show sounds pretty interesting. I'm not the biggest watcher of shows, but I I can add that to my <laughs> forever long list of shows that people tell me that I really should watch. One of these days, maybe I'll actually watch some of them. But yeah, I don't know. Uh, your question of what system to use to run that sort of post-apocalyptic, but near post-apocalyptic, like the apocalypse wasn't that long ago... Um, with more of like a corporate base bent. That's a good question. I, I think you could run a grittier 
less chromey version of Cyberpunk 2020, though I don't know why you'd want to. More chrome. More chrome! No, but I, I think you could do it with Cyberpunk 2020. Just tone it down a little bit. Maybe, you know, get rid of uh, the hacker stuff. Uh, but, yeah, I don't know. That is a great question, and I'm certainly not the one to answer that question, Carl, because I don't know that many games. <laughs> I think everyone knows that I don't know that many games. But folks out there might know some games, so what do you think? Do you, does anyone out there have an answer to Carl's question? I don't know. Maybe. Maybe they'll call in and say. But your thoughts do lead me nicely into today's conversation of supplements man you're talking about what system what supplements the word for today is supplements so yeah thanks for that carl let's talk about supplements I'm not the biggest fan of running pre-written adventures, as everyone knows, because I've talked about it ad nauseum on this show, but I am a fan of using supplements, uh, and so I want to talk about two supplements that I really enjoy. The first one I'd like to talk about is uh, a supplement for Pathfinder First Edition. It came out in 2017. It's titled Lands of Conflict. Written by Amber E. Scott and uh, Lisa with two S's, Guille. And I love it. When I was running my open table, drop in, drop out, Pathfinder first edition game that I titled Near Mathis Knights. I use this supplement all the time because it's a 68 page supplement. That has really amazing maps and other cool art in it. I don't know the names of any of the artists. But it focuses strictly. All 68 pages are dedicated to the ongoing, almost constant war between the countries of Near Mathis and Malthoon. Which is where that open world campaign that I was running was set during that timeline. And it's just amazing that... Uh, that's why I love Paizo, man. <laughs> they put out material that you can game. And it's not just these big, epic adventures. They put out a ton of supplements. And their world is so deep and rich. And you can dive into it as deep or as not as shallow as you like. And this, this book... This little, you know, 70-page book is just awesome. It tells you the history of the conflict, the history of the two countries, what's happened in the past, you know, 20, 30 years, 200 years. It's got a whole timeline of events that goes back a couple hundred years to the modern day in uh, Galarian as of 2017, because all that stuff's been changed. And it's just, it's awesome. It's got NPCs, locations, adventure hooks treasures it's just a fantastic little supplement that i use all the time and i love it so if you're ever planning on running you know it a war between two countries two neighboring countries 
and you want some ideas, it's a great supplement for that. Forest campaigns that are set primarily in a forest, it's a great supplement for that. It's just a great little supplement. I really, really like it. I think Amber and Lisa knocked it out of the park. I don't even begrudge Lisa for having two S's in her name. That's cool. Not her fault. <laughs> Sorry. I have a thing for names. <laughs> it's a great supplement. Check it out. Paizo puts out good, good stuff. Yeah, and so we'll travel from 2017 all the way back to 1989 with Treasures of Middle-Earth by ICE, Iron Crown Enterprises? Entertainment? I always mix up what the E stands for. But the company that brought us Merp and Rollmaster, two of the greatest games of all time. Treasures of Middle-Earth has... What may be my favorite cover of any, that's not true, but it's definitely in my top five covers of any RPG book that I've come across. I love it. It's The cover is just a sexy AF picture of Kella Brimbor looking hella ripped, wearing like a a leather blacksmithing apron with no shirt. He's got his long hair pulled back and he's just holding up one of the rings of power that he just got finished forging. And I just remember as a little kid, probably back in 1989 sitting in my buddy's room before or after we were getting ready to play Merp and just staring at that cover and being like, Oh my God, I love this so much. There isn't much art to speak of inside of the book but that cover rules and i found that was true of a lot of merp and rollmaster books they had awesome covers not a lot of interior art and that's cool that's awesome another awesome thing about treasures of middle earth that i was just reminding myself of recently it's got a whole section in the beginning on how to convert all this all the magic items inside of it into a bunch of other systems. So it, I just think that's really, really cool. Like it, the supplement talks about how it is meant for Rollmaster or Merp, but then it also goes on to say it's also useful for any other FRPG game. No, FRP game, which that's an acronym I love. Because fun fact, I don't hate acronyms. I know... I might be characterized as hating acronyms. I do not. I just hate bad acronyms like FLGS. Acronyms that take longer to say than it would actually take to say, I'm going to the game store. I'm going to the FLGS. I'm going to the game store. Yeah. Yeah. It's bad. Anyway. 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 Back to Treasures of Middle Earth. I I spent hours flipping through this thing as a kid and just looking up any any magic item that was mentioned in the hobbit the lord of the rings or the silmarillion they're all statted out more or less plus a ton of other a ton of other items made up just for the game and God damn, I I just love that stuff. I I like I said, I'd spend hours just flipping through it. Oh my god, I want this so bad. Oh my god, look at this sword. Oh my god, look at these rings. Look at all this stuff. I love it. Whew. I really recommend checking out 
Treasures of Middle Earth if you get the chance. If you're looking for interesting magic items to throw into your game, because the stats are really simple for these magic items. They're it's a lot of concept as opposed to just like crunchiness. So I they're easy to convert. And like I said, the the first part of this supplement is a whole section on how to convert this stuff to other systems. It has a whole table on how to convert uh, your D percentile stats to either D20 stats or 3D6 stats or 2D6 stats. Really fantastic stuff. I just, I love it. Because in modern games, you don't see a lot, at least I don't, of authors telling you, yeah, this game, it, it is meant for 5th edition Dungeons & Dragons, but here's how you can convert it to any of these other systems. You don't really see that much. Uh, same with, you know, Paizo stuff. They're not telling you how to convert it to BX or anything like that. I, I just found it, it was a very nice touch. I've, it's a great supplement. So, yeah, that's what I got to say about supplements. I, I think they're super useful. And there was two that I really enjoy. So that's everything for me, folks. I like you all a bunch. I will talk to you soon. Bye. Peace out.